This is the Beat Generation, a look at music throughout the years that changed our world, from the original beat poets of the 50s through to the musicians of the 60s until today. They've become known for their influence on music that has shaped the soundtrack of our lives, simply known as the Beat Generation. Welcome to Season 2 of The Beat Generation, produced in association with Bad Boys Media, Townsville's Triple TFM and the Community Broadcast Association of Australia. The show got its name from the 50s and 60s writers that inspired so many musicians and each week we'll take a look into music and artists throughout the years that have changed the face of the musical landscape. A full song listing can be found at our Facebook page forward slash music that changed the world. Make sure you check out our Instagram page, The Beat Generation Podcast as well. And a podcast of this show and past episodes can be found on Apple and Spotify, along with some of our other shows, including The Bad Boys and Secret Men's Business. Check out our shows, and if you like what you hear, then please leave us a review. So sit back, put your headphones on, crank up the dial, and journey with us this week as we take a look at one of the most iconic bands of the 60s, 70s, 80s, through to today, Jefferson Airplane and its follow-up band, Jefferson Starship. I'm Shane Bryan, and this is... The Beat Generation. Well, a few months ago, I had the pleasure of sitting down with the most recent members of the band, now known as Jefferson Starship. It was a crazy, wild interview that you can hear in its entirety on The Bad Boys, but it gave a real insight into a band which had its roots firmly grounded in the Beat Generation alumni. Now, I've taken the liberty of using snippets of that interview in this week's Beat Generation. Next week, we will have the new lead singer of Jefferson Starship, Kathy Richardson, on the show to give us a bit of an insight into what the band is up to now and to have a look at its time when it was known as Starship. Well, the band that was originally Jefferson Airplane was there from the beginning of the Beat Generation. They were there in the early 60s, the protest era, the love generation, Monterey Pop Festival, Woodstock. They were a formidable force fronted by a person that many consider one of the first great female rock singers, Grace Slick. She's been compared to other great artists like Janis Joplin, Patti Smith, Stevie Nicks and has been an outspoken advocate for change and civil rights of the LGBTQ people and also women's rights. Now, it goes without saying that the band really became Jefferson Airplane when Grace Slick joined the lineup of Paul Kantner, Marty Balin, Jorma Kukkonen, and Jack Cassidy. It was her version of Somebody to Love that became the first hit that Jefferson Airplane had. And that is where we start this week's Beat Generation with the 1967 top 10 hit, Somebody to Love. 1967. When the truth is found to be Don't you want somebody to love? Don't 
It was an unusual name for a band. In fact, I heard a story that the name Jefferson Airplane referred to the implement used to hold a marijuana joint. Now, I asked David Freeberg, who joined the band just before it became Jefferson Starship, what his take on the name was. I was wondering if you are going to go for that one, the little matchstick. <laughs> <laughs> you take a paper matchstick and split it down the middle and you can fit a little bit of the end of the – a little roach in there and you could <laughs> there you go <laughs> that was named after the band after the band was it really yeah i think that was a uh a tribute to old blues singers <laughs> kind <Yeah>. of like <laughs> a, a joke old blues singer like blind blind jefferson airplane right kind of, you know what i mean blind lemon jefferson i mean that probably came from all that somebody made up a joke i think <laughs> Well, it was a pretty good joke. I wasn't there at the time, so I don't know. But I, I heard good, good, good report. I think that's really well. Whatever the reference was, one thing was certain: the band didn't hide their advocacy for drug experimentation. One of the biggest songs also became the highlight of the Monterey Pop Festival in 1967. White Rabbit has been described by Grace Slick as a slap in the face to parents who read Alice in Wonderland to their kids and wondered why they ended up using drugs. Slick referred to the White Rabbit as following your curiosity. One of the first songs to sneak drug references past the censors and a song that was originally recorded with the help of Sly Stone, White Rabbit hit the top ten and is considered a masterpiece. One of the main attractions at Monterey Pop Festival, Jefferson Airplane were there. They were the headline act on Saturday night to a 90,000-strong crowd, performing alongside other luminaries, The Who, Grateful Dead, Mamas and the Papas, and here with their live performance of White Rabbit at Monterey, Jefferson Airplane on The Beat Generation. 1967.
after the massive success of Surrealistic Pillow and the more psychedelic sound of After Bathing at Baxter's, the band gained media attention while performing the song Plastic Fantastic Lover in Amsterdam while on tour with The Doors. Jim Morrison apparently appeared on stage doing cartwheels during the song, clearly under the influence of a cocktail of drugs, and as the song got faster and faster, so did Morrison, who eventually collapsed at the feet of Marty Balin and had to be hospitalised. It was also the time of the brief affair between Grace Slick and Morrison. It was following this tour that the band decided to begin work on a fourth album which would become the spiritual successor to Surrealistic Pillow and involved a lot of other well-known artists at the time like David Crosby and Frank Zappa. It also contained a track that is different to any other song that the band has performed called Ice Cream Phoenix, expressing the desire to be accepted the way an individual is perceived and not forced into changing. This is Ice Cream Phoenix on The Beat Generation. 1968 You don't know just When to stop and when to go City streets in the dead of winter Stop your mind with dirty snow Walk at night and touch your Nineteen 
Well, that was the 1968 album's title track, Crown of Creation. Now, interestingly, the album finishes with a song called The House at Puneel Corners, which was a moment-by-moment account of a nuclear explosion. Now, some have even suggested that it foreshadowed the end of Jefferson Airplane a few years later as it morphed into a more cosmic starship with the lines, There will be no survivor, my friend. Suddenly, everyone will look surprised. But Jefferson Airplane still had a few hits in them, including the track Volunteers from the album of the same name, a direct shot at the war. The album was controversial because of its revolutionary stance and the use of profanity. The album was celebrated by the fans and was to be the band's last all-new album for two years. The song Volunteers became a staple reference point in the anti-Vietnam War discussion and was also used on the soundtrack for Forrest Gump. Volunteers on the Beat Generation. 1969.
four years later, with another two albums and some compilation and live recordings under their belt, the Jefferson Airplane chapter was coming to a close. The band had become a force in the anti-war and drug counterculture, but a split occurred. In fact, two years earlier in 1970, cracks were emerging and it was taking its toll on the band. Paul Kantner developed a solo album, a concept album, with the help of Grace Slick and a collection of San Francisco musos, including The Grateful Dead, Quicksilver Messenger Service, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. That album was ominously attributed to Paul Kantner and Jefferson Starship. Two years later, the name obviously stuck. Kokonan and Cassidy left to start Hot Tuna and the remaining members started the band that would take them through to the 80s and beyond. David Freeberg, who had just come out of Quicksilver Messenger Service, joined just as the change was occurring. Every, the two factions in Jefferson Airplane were Moses Jorman, Jack, the lead guitar player and the bass player, and Paul and Grace, and they were kind of heading different directions. They were still thinking they would get back to get... We, I, I was hanging with Paul and Grace, and it seemed like we were felt like we were going to go back out on the road as Jefferson Airplane, but as time went on, it seemed like, hey, this isn't going to happen. And so Paul and Grace and I had made a couple of records together with more or less the same crew, and we had to go on the road, so we had to call it something. And Paul had had a solo record called Blows Against the Empire. I don't know whether you got that got down there or not, but that was that was about a bunch of hippies hijacking the very first starship and populating outer space. And, I have a uh, question about that. Yes. I'm sorry. I was under the impression that aliens had come to Earth and that was the starship that they'd hijacked, or did they hijack like some kind of NASA thing? Was it an Earth person starship or was it aliens? Because I want to get this right. You know, you know Paul's Paul's plots. They well, aren't I very, know that they hijacked. They aren't very, they they aren't, they aren't very specific. They aren't very specific. I don't know. It's <laughs> like the starship was out on there and let's go catch it. So I'm a. Okay. <laughs> You, you remember those lyrics, right? Just the regular old starship. Well, whether the starship was about aliens or a reference to the hippie culture, one can only guess. But one thing is for certain. The band had made their presence known and Jefferson Starship was taking them into the future. Now, we can't close the Jefferson Airplane chapter yet without referencing a song that was banned on radio for its direct reference to Operation Intercept, Richard Nixon's anti-drug campaign. Mexico talks about the curtailing of the flow of marijuana from Mexico and the song closes with an exhortation for the young to realise the power of their numbers, as shown in the gathering of half a million people on the lawn at Woodstock. From 1970, Mexico on the Beat Generation. 1970. Mosley and Charlie, twins of the trade, come to the poet's room. Talking about the problems of the leaf And yes, it'll be back soon There used to be times of gold and green Coming up here from Mexico
was Mexico by Jefferson Airplane and we will be back with more of the Beat Generation and a look at the new Jefferson Starship. Hi, this is Shane. And Andrew from the Bad Boys. If you're after quality, hard-hitting journalism that matches four corners... News that'll keep the government and the people accountable for their actions... And current affairs that's more reliable than, well, a current affair... Then then that's that's not not us. us. Bad Boys Unleashed, music, entertainment, celebrity interviews... And the only original Bad Boys news that makes 60 Minutes sound like the Muppets. Join me, him and bad girl Angie for the conversation that no one wants to have... But everybody wants to hear. Bad Boys Unleashed, subscribe for free on Apple and Spotify. This is the Beat Generation, a look at music throughout the years that changed our world from the original beat poets of the 50s through to the musicians of the 60s until today. They've become known for their influence on music that has shaped the soundtrack of our lives, simply known as the Beat Generation. Well, welcome back to The Beat Generation, produced in association with Bad Boys Media, Townsville's Triple TFM and the Community Broadcast Association of Australia. I'm Shane Bryan. Thanks for joining us for our look at Jefferson Airplane and Jefferson Starship. Make sure you check out our Facebook page, Music That Changed the World, and our Instagram page, The Beat Generation Podcast. Next week, we will be speaking with Kathy Richardson, the new lead singer of Jefferson Starship, about the new album with songs co-written by the legendary Grace Slick and also discussing the 80s when the band went through yet another name change. When the band morphed into Jefferson Starship, so did the music. Turning into a much more pop-orientated format, the band had a bunch of top ten hits, including this one from 1978. From the Earth album Count On Me, this is Jefferson Starship on The Beat Generation. 
Well, as the band began its new direction with the album Red Octopus, it was their theme of togetherness that really reinforced the new improved formula. Uh, the thing that gets me it, it, about it, Jefferson it was, is, is what Paul's main thing was, and it's together. We can be together. We can go together. Let's get together. Yeah. I mean, that's been my whole thing ever since I started singing folk music before I even plugged in. And I, and I, and with Paul Kantner too. And, and I know with Marty too, Marty Ballin. And so I, I the times when it's the times when everybody's together is when it's really happening, and that's happened. That's happened probably once in the Jefferson Airplane, sometime in the Jefferson Airplane. Although I didn't seem to be there at the time, <laughs> yeah, it certainly was a couple of times, a couple of three times in Jefferson Starship, especially now. So, so that that's being together is the the big thing for me. Well, that was David Freeberg talking about the band's togetherness. It seemed to be a common thread during the Jefferson Starship years with songs like Count On Me or With Your Love, great tracks, but it was the song Miracles that was actually their first hit under the new moniker, inspired by Indian guru Sathya Sai Baba and also a woman Marty Balin was in love with at the time. It was a weird song that no one liked at first, but it gave them their first hit single, reaching number three in the charts. 
1976. That was With Your Love from the 1976 album Spitfire. Towards the end of 1978, Grace Slick left the band, such a driving force for them for 10 years, and now they were left to carry the torch without her. However, increasing pressures such as alcohol caused her resignation. Then not long after that, Marty Balin left. But that, after all, was the legacy of Jefferson Starship. Current lead singer Kathy Richardson explains... Yeah, I think that Paul always, 
you know, had this vision of this band being a collective and bringing in whoever the best people were around and available at the time. And that's how Jefferson Starship was kind of formed out of Jefferson Airplane breaking up. Well, Marty Ballin's leaving. Who's who's the best male vocalist in San Francisco? David Freiberg. Let's get him in, you know, and uh, and recruited the young uh, Craig Chiquiso. He was 19 years old when Jefferson Starship formed and Pete Sears was around making records and everybody was kind of there and, you know, everybody came in and did their thing and everybody brought their own songs in and they brought it together with the band. Everybody, you know, put their own stamp on it through the changes over the years. That's the role that everyone has kind of had. And Paul brought all of us into this current version of the band and we toured with him for many years before he passed away. And, uh, you know, and then we were handed the yeah. torch to, uh, to carry on and so i think the music is is new we we put it, we made it with a thought of legacy act but also we want to present our own voice in this in this legacy too and so uh it's really exciting to bring in some of the original players and um songwriters and then interpret these new songs, write our own songs. Um, I've been waiting to do this since I joined the band. It's a complete thrill. One of the last songs featuring Marty Balin was a track that not only stormed the US charts, it also became a top 10 song in Canada. This is Runaway from 1978, and you're listening to The Beat Generation. 1978. Oh, 
By the end of the 70s, the band was evolving once again and the member lineup changed so much that in 1984, Paul Kantner, the last remaining member of the original Jefferson Airplane, left the group. And once again, the name morphed into something new, yet still retaining the old roots. Drummer Donnie Baldwin explained that Danny eventually left and the band went to one of its most commercial formats ever, Starship. David was lucky. He got out before. I mean, I'm not saying it wasn't a good time. It was it was really different, um, you know, blinded by the light, so to speak. Um, you know, Grace was gone. Grace left in 80, 87. I left in 89. David left before Grace. Pete. Um, Pete was there for a little bit with the Starship, but... Uh, you know, it, 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 we, got, we got different producers. We got different music. There was a lot of music that was coming in. We had people in the band that really wanted hits, didn't really want to spend time writing. So the image, sound-wise, music-wise of the band totally changed. I mean, it was really successful, but, uh, you know, that type of success is... For me, it just doesn't seem real. It doesn't seem like it's it's part of what you do and, and how you express yourself musically. But, you know, it was a good time for what it was. Um, it was a different band, different music, mostly different different leaders, different producers, and obviously different songwriters. Uh, not too many people in the band were writing songs um, through all that. So, but uh, we did have a good time. It was It was different from the Jefferson Starship when I first joined the band, but it was cool, you know, live and learn. Well, next week we'll take a look at what that success meant with some of the biggest songs in the 80s, plus we chat one-on-one with the new lead singer, Kathy Richardson, to find out what's happening with Jefferson Starship in 2020. That's all coming up next week on The Beat Generation. But to take us out this week, one of the biggest hits of the 70s version of Jefferson Starship, in fact, it's one of the few songs that still performed live by both the David Freeberg-led Jefferson Starship and the Mickey Thomas-led Starship. That song, of course, was the rock-fueled Jane. I'm Shane Bryan, and this has been The Beat Generation. 1979.